is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? Uh oh! Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on! I know you can hear me. It's Hump Day. Woo-woo! Hump Day. Let's get rolling. This is the Big Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5-1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Thanks to our title sponsor, Mountain America Credit Union, to get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with a new Mountain America credit card that's 0% on everything from groceries to getaways. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Gordon Monson, hello, sir. Happy Wednesday. How are you today, Jake? I'm good. I, I, I'm terrific. I'm navigated my way through the soup and made it in here to the arena today. Beauteous out there. Isn't it? It's nice, nice. <laughs> you know, it's seems it seems healthy. You think they can fix this? I mean, there's a lot of talk of it, but do you think there's a way to fix it? Uh, who was it who suggested we get big fans and blow it all? I up? don't know. I don't know. It probably can't be fixed. I'm sure, there were ways that we could make it better. Yeah, but yeah, but I don't know. Uh, the airport closed today. It was so bad out there. I guess they had to divert. Uh, Scotty was talking about it, like a couple dozen flights. Wait, let me get this straight. I'm sorry, we have to divert this flight because of smog. Yeah, <laughs> because of pollution. We saw it. We're we sorry. We can fly into Pittsburgh all day long, but Salt Lake City, no. Sorry, you're going to end up in Boise. We can smog fly, is quite bad. We can bad. fly into Shanghai. But we can't fly into Salt Lake. I don't know, man. Oh, we got to fix this. It's soupy out there. That's mm. for sure. Stay well, indoors. Yeah. That's a good excuse not to go jogging. Sure. Would you be going jogging anyway? <laughs> uh, Probably not. No, nah, me either. Is the is the indoor air better than the outdoor air? I would imagine it's filtered somewhat, right? Because uh-huh. it depends on where you are. Yeah. Well, all right. Everybody be careful out there. Yeah. You know, like Mike says, change out those air filters in your furnace. <laughs> that taken care of. I wonder of. everyone needs to change them out every two weeks. Yeah, probably. I mean, given these conditions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, uh, breathe carefully. All right. Uh, good. Uh, it doesn't taste too bad. No. It, is, it, it, is it the equivalent of smoking cigarettes? Is it essentially the equivalent? Uh, you're probably different, getting different toxins you're breathing in, but yeah, I mean it's probably not good. I would recommend neither. Yeah, yeah probably, okay. probably neither would be would be better. But yeah, is well, it, we don't have a whole lot of choice here. We've we got have to we've, breathe, but we've got some weather blowing in, right? I mean that it, it should clear it out in the next day or two. I okay. would hope. Yeah. All right. Good. Austin, how are you doing over there? You're wearing a very handsome 
flannel shirt today. Thank you, thank you. We uh, we did the Santa Claus visit this afternoon. How'd that go? Wonderfully. Really? She, she's really into Santa right Smiles now. Smiles and everything for the camera? Smiles wow. and uh, ho-ho-hos. Not and, afraid? Yeah. Not afraid, no. Well, that's sometimes little little children are a little frightened by the big, the big jolly fat man. Yeah. Well, she's got me at home, so she's used to it. <laughs> ah. See, but I jumped to the I jumped. I jumped you there. Yeah, uh, yeah so I had to wear a Christmassy looking. Thing, I see. So. Oh, I see. I thought you were out in the back uh, chopping lumber or something, doing you know, Paul Bunyan stuff. That's that's tonight. Yeah. Weren't you wearing a flannel when you got mistaken for a a uh, white supremacist on yes. the on on public transportation? Wasn't that? <laughs> Are we going to tell that, that story? Part of the ensemble. It was. Well, yeah. that's, that's not a bad story. It's just another Austin story. Like, who would this happen to? <laughs> there are millions of bald men in this world, and and probably a great deal of them wear flannel shirts. But somehow, Austin, you got mistaken. You were riding uh, on what, the train? I was on the tracks just right here downtown, yeah. And uh, a, a gentleman who was clearly loaded uh, on uh, high on life. We'll, we'll say he uh he just started i could see him across the way a little bit he just would not let go of his gaze on me just giving you the stink eye and then he just starts yelling and screaming and almost running towards me down the train car and calling me a a, a nazi and, and a white supremacist <laughs> and 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 i'm like is he talking i'm doing this thing where you look over your shoulder like who's he talking to <laughs> he's he's gonna kill me he's what is going on here and he you know and uh then it comes to a stop and he kind of falls, and I'm like, okay. And I just got off. I wasn't at my stop. I was like, that's it for me. <laughs> you know what? I'll get the I'm next out of here. Yeah. But I thought, you know, if things had gone down, I don't know that it would have lasted too long, because he was, uh, he was not, not in- on the train, but he was on the train. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who does that happen to? You're just, you, you look like a, a normal guy wearing flannel. Apparently flannel is not the, the good choice. I don't know. I love flannel. It's comfy. It is. It's, it's warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's comfy as long as you get the right kind. You know, otherwise it can be kind of stiff and itchy. I, I I like my flannels. He's I don't got know. quality flannel on there, yeah. I can tell. That's another Austin story. Yeah. <laughs> add that to the catalog. I, I wasn't far. I just had two blocks. But add that, that, that one to the one we heard yesterday where he skipped work and somehow ended up on a ski lift with a coworker. How does that happen? <laughs> what are the odds of that happening? And we had never known that story. No, someone, we had never known that story. Someone texted me and said that uh, they think I made that up, but I didn't. I, I promise you, it's 100% the truth. I 100% believe you. Yeah, yeah. How does any of the stuff that happens to you happen to you? I mean, that shouldn't happen to anybody. I, now, I, if it was Gordon, it would have happened to him, but then it would have been like John Wooden on the lift. Or, right, or, that's or, true. Know. Yeah, that is. Juice Newton. Well, if it had happened to me and I would have told the story, you would question it. I don't lie. But see, see, I lied twice. You know, and that was all. That was That's a joke. too too many. No, it was absolutely clear. I was but goofing but around. here's why I believe Austin stories because Austin stories tend toward the tragic. Like why <laughs> why on earth would anybody make that up? You know what I mean? Why why would it, how and why would anybody make any of that up? You know, yours are more braggadocious. They're not braggadocious. So then, They're not braggadocious. It's not at all. I object, Your Honor. Polo with Juice Newton. It's true. Oh, yeah. See, I, I, I caught okay. a fish this big. Okay. All your stuff. Okay. All, right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Me. Hold on. I will now bet you $500,000 that that story is true. Five hundred mm-hmm. grand, Like like I have $500,000. I want your house. All right. Like that's but, worth five hundred k. But that's, why are that's you being, how sure why I do am you want us telling the truth. That was pretty mean. Telling the truth about what? About you, Snowden, and her teaching me polo. Oh, well, great. 
<laughs> but we're, we're oh, man, this is man. You you have really learned your lessons well from PK, haven't you? I, I sit here and I prove to you essentially that I'm telling the truth, and then you say, "Oh, great," and then move on. Like, what about all the all the stuff you just loaded unloaded on everybody saying it wasn't true? Saying what isn't true? That most of your stuff isn't true? Yeah, it, the reason it's it's the reason I don't believe it. It's because it's so. Well, look at me. I'm incredible. No, where, that's not whereas what that was. Austin's the fact, the are. Fact, hold on. The you fact know. that Juice Newton taught me how to play polo. What is that? How does that reflect positively on me? Did hey Austin? Has Juice Newton taught you how to play polo? Dad, if I knew who that was, first of all, have, have you ever hung out with the Angel of the Morning? I didn't think so. <laughs> Haven't stayed in her condominium. No, no. That, that was true too. Uh, see, see, I bet when I was t- telling my ski lift story, Gordon had no less than three stories that he wanted to tell, but he didn't want us to call him one upper. The time I went on a ski lift with Bob Bradford, Dick well, that, Cheney. Actually, that did and, happen. Uh, <laughs> I was on a chairlift with Robert Redford. You were, yes. yeah, yeah, sure, you I were. knew it. <laughs> I swear, I swear to you, these things. You are don't true. even ski. I, yeah, I did back then. I did. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that. See, I'm not. I'm going to quit telling stories because <laughs> you're just casting everything into doubt, and it's it's all true. Just because I fibbed about the flying wedge or whatever that thing was called on the hockey ice, yeah, that was obviously from the movie. But uh, all the other ones, pretty much, are true. All right, I'll bet pretty you. much. I'll bet you. I'll I just money all works. I was doing was answering your question: Why I believe Austin's stories and not yours? I feel like I provided an answer, and then we somehow went down this uh, this way problem. again with you retelling the story and then adding a chairlift now with Bob Redford. So how did we get here? I'll never forget because his daughter, who was quite young at that time, was skiing underneath the lift, and she yelled up and said, "Hi, Dad! You think I'm making this? Come on! I get that up." Not. It's what does that add to what, the story? What, what, it adds detail that, that uh, again, shows that I'm not making it up. What resort were you at? Sundance, oh. which Bob Redford owned. Which so. which is pretty convenient place to place him when you're telling or making up a story about. Jake, here's the thing. You know I'm not a liar. And yet here on the air, you are making me out to be I, a I don't believe, fabricator. I don't, and I am not a fabricator. I don't believe you are a liar. I don't want to, I don't want to throw that word yeah, you're not around, around lightly. Uh, but but do, do I think that you have a... Fan, a flair for uh, good stories? Uh, uh, yes, uh, I admit to that. Uh, Guilty. Fantastic <laughs> way of inserting yourself into false events. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. Yeah, Maybe that, you believe true. them, right? No, no, it's true. It's not them. a lie if you believe it, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, we do. <clears throat> we do have a lot to do we today. Do. Uh, Frank is going to be on the show. Frank Dolce, top of the four o'clock hour. David Locke, maybe, maybe not at three thirty. We're hoping for David Locke at three thirty, but with game day, sometimes it's a little tricky for our boy. And then Josh Parcell will join the show at uh, five thirty. And I am very 
interested to get Josh's thoughts on Utah v. Oklahoma because he's in ACC country. Not Actually, Josh is really good at being a national guy anyway, but that's the, the part of the, the country that he resides in. So by no means does he have a dog in the fight in this whole thing. So, ah, it's Utah. Nobody in the country wants to see them. We will get to that in the split story. We also have the Lakers in town to take on the Utah Jazz. We will talk about that as well. And I'm sure Gordon will come up with some story about how uh, when, when he was fencing with Willem <laughs> Dafoe. <laughs> I've never done that. No. Okay. Let's get uh-huh. to the split story of the day. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. Let me give you, Paul Feinbaum, the following scenarios, okay? Oklahoma beats Baylor and wins the Big 12. Utah beats Oregon and wins the Pac-12. And LSU takes care of business against Georgia. Who gets the fourth spot? Oklahoma's getting in. Because let's be honest, the country does not want to see Utah in the college football playoff. It's, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, it's Utah. <laughs> so I got, I got news for you. Oklahoma ain't going to be any better. Well, they Oklahoma may not be any better, be any better, but they're going to look a lot better. Well, so th- that actually does bring up something you said in the meeting this morning. Yeah. That whoever gets in at four, you believe is just in for a beatdown. Whoever gets in at four, congratulations. You made the college football playoff and you will have no impact on the playoff. Okay. All right, we're going to talk about those comments uh, in just one second, Gordon, but there has been some breaking news just this moment. Uh, A couple of different reports coming out. Bruce Feldman, Pete Thamel reporting Clay Helton will continue as USC's head coach. Uh, Thamel adds uh, uh, Yahoo Sports have obtained a memo saying that Clay Helton will be coach at USC in 2020. I think there's a bunch of happy players at that news. Uh, Probably not... Uh, a consensus as far as the boosters go, because I think many of them wanted to see uh, Clay ride off into the sunset. I think other coaches in the Pac-12 are smiling a little bit. Because if they, I mean, if USC landed Urban Meyer, <laughs> that that closes potentially closes the door on everybody for a little while. So, I mean. How do you think that went down? Do you think they did some inquiring and found out who wanted to come to SC and who didn't. And when they saw who did, they thought, uh, it's no better than what we got. I don't know. I'll, I'll be interested to see the fallout. I do know that the new president at USC has a mandate to clean some stuff up, to mine their P's and Q's. I mean, uh, the, the admission scandal hit USC really hard and should have, mm-hmm. by the way. And there was a lot of not so good stuff happening in that athletic department. And so there's there's kind of a mandate to stay on the straight and narrow. And Clay Helton is he's a great guy and he's a good leader of young people. And if that's going to come into play in your decision, then I guess I applaud that. I thought he handled the pressure of this past season with class. Yeah. Uh certainly publicly he did and I have no reason to believe it was any different privately. Uh I just don't know if he's a great football coach. Right. But if you want to, if you want to run a a clean program that's that's going to win football games, maybe not as many as they could with a different coach, but but try to do things the right way. I, I think he's a, a good candidate if that's what they're looking for. And it looks like this new president is kind of putting her money where her mouth is because it'd be easy to come in selling that right and saying, "Hey, we're going to clean this stuff up," and then you hire a guy like Urban Meyer with his record. 
and say, well, it's actually still about winning football games. <laughs> this is this if if this is the philosophy that they want to implement, then he's he's a fine coach for that. But you have to be. I don't know if their structure is really going to be patient for that type of thing. Yeah, and we'll see. All I know is my experience down there, and it uh, the the uh, the folks down there who are the money behind the program. They are very impatient. And they are believers that Troy should reign overall. All right, let's talk about the Feinbaum comments uh, on ESPN. And uh, Paul found. Have you ever interacted with him, Gordon? No, in, I don't in know your Paul. career, uh, you know he's a radio guy from down there. He got picked up with uh, ESPN when they created the SEC Network because he's been a big voice down there for a long, long time. He's he's an avid Alabama honk. And He's has an been SEC guy, yeah. for I mean, SEC, but specifically Alabama. Um, and uh, he goes on this Get Up show, which I don't know if, how much you watch it, Gordon. I'm not a huge ESPN guy, but I, I actually think it's a fairly entertaining show. And he's a big part of their college football coverage. And obviously you heard what he had to say about Utah right there. I think I think this is his bias, regional bias coming out. But, I mean, to, to your your argument is because it's Utah? Yeah. I mean, give me a break. That's, that, that, is mean, the worst, we, that is the worst of it. What are we doing? Yeah. That is the worst of it, and if that is the attitude that uh, that has infested the selection committee, then that's a real problem. Now, I know everyone doesn't feel that way, uh, but uh, certainly there might be some who do. And already we know from Rob Mullins that it was it, – it, it's funny. I've, I've talked to some Utah fans who say, well – the Utes were ahead of Oklahoma, and so that shows you that Utah's going to get a fair deal, and Utah's highly thought of. Man, wake up. Wake up and look at the situation. You know, you got six versus seven playing each other right behind the Utes. I'm suspicious of that, and I think that spells trouble if Oklahoma puts a, puts a decent showing on Baylor that they're going to leapfrog the Utes. Now, if it doesn't happen, then I will apologize. But I just don't trust the selection committee for the very reasons that I think there's an attitude out there. It may not be exactly and quite as egregious as what Paul Feinbaum is saying, but there is some of that that's out there. And I think it's already in the committee. And so we'll see if the Utes can survive that. Well, I don't know. I mean, we'd have to really break down the individual members of the of the committee, and I wish they would make more of this process uh, uh, public. But they're not I, talking I really like do. Paul. They're not going to do that, even if that's the way they think, because right. they can't. But I wish we'd be able to see votes and, and that sort of thing, which which we can't. Um, but I here's what I'm hoping, Gordon. I'm hoping that, that it is about getting the best football team in, and they've got football people on the committee who are going, going to make that decision, because that certainly is the best argument. Um, uh, by far the best argument for Utah. But I worry, as we expressed yesterday, that th- this is not going to be – this is going to be about a television product. And yeah. Utah is not the best television product. They're just not – they're they're not even one of the highest-ranked television products in the Pac-12, even when they're good. It's and, just, and maybe that's what Paul was talking about, that America doesn't want to see Utah. It's not meant so much I, – I don't know this – but it might not be meant so much as a slam against the Utes. It's it's more a population thing. It's more of how many eyes will be drawn. And you could say, well, the Utes would be seen as a Cinderella, as a team that maybe some folks back east don't know about, and maybe they'd be interested in seeing how that would go. But 
I think getting back to what you said, they are very well aware of branding. They are aware of which teams carry the most cachet and which teams are going to boost the ratings. See, can I can I uh, differentiate between two things real quick here? Because sure. I, I, I think what, what Paul Feinbaum said comes from a different place than what I'm worried about with the committee. I'm worried about the brand thing and the TV show with the committee because those guys, they're, you know, for all we know, their marching orders is, hey, make as much money as possible. Maybe that's not the official what you're looking for, but that could very well be, right? Make sure you get us the biggest payday we can. I think what Paul Feinbaum is saying, I think that comes from uh, out-of-date stereotypes that he's just never bothered to update. There's no way he's staying up and watching Utah play football. He's there on the East Coast. He's, uh, you know— probably in bed by nine. That's not an opinion of anybody who's who's even bothered to keep up with the journey of the University of Utah. And so I think I think he's just ignorant. Well, I worry that the I worry the play, the the playoff committee has different marching orders. I think he's just a moron who's in his own little bubble. I, I don't know. It would be more noble to actually be more concerned about the ratings, even though that is uh, it doesn't fit with the integrity that you want. But what you're describing is completely objectionable. That, that's pathetic. Right. That he's not aware. Anybody who has watched the Utes play this year knows how good they are and knows that they are a worthy team, a worthy candidate, not to be ridiculed like that. But if he's talking about uh, the country doesn't want to see Utah because, well, it's, it's not as interested in Utah because the fan base isn't as large, then, then that I can at least make some sense. Not that I'm justifying it, but that makes some sense. Not, oh, Utah, Utah is a bunch of, that's, a, that's like a, an Amish outpost out there that nobody likes and nobody cares about. And they're really not that good either. That's a load of hooey, man. That's just not true. That's not true, man. Wake up and pay attention. It's your job. All right, we're going to talk to David Locke coming up right around the corner. But I do let me read this tweet real quick, Gordon, and we'll get back to this conversation later. But I thought Joel Klatt of uh, of Fox put it really well when talking about this Feinbaum thing. He says, "Come on, Paul, this is an absurd take. This might be your position, but to suggest that the country feels this way is not right. Also, to suggest that OU will look a lot better is not accurate either. If you haven't watched Utah, just say it and move on." Yeah. And I thought the way Clapp put it right there is like it's just a dude not watching and letting old built-in biases come into his opinion making. And of course, Oklahoma is better than Utah because I'm 105 years old, and that's the way it's always. Well, been. Well, go ahead and make the argument that you don't like the Pac-12 this year. You don't think it was a very strong year for the conference, but don't act as though Utah is not a quality football team that deserves a whole lot of attention. Right. If you act that way, then you, that is an admission that you haven't been watching because right. this team is that good. So I'm not really worried about what that bozo is talking about. I am more worried about what the motivation of the committee is. Yeah, but is, if it's a reflection of what some folks in the committee think, then that's not good news. Well, I'll guarantee news. you this is not what Frank Beamer thinks, sir. How do we know? You know what, Frank, actually, uh, Scotty and Hans brought this up. He might have to disqualify himself from this entire debate, uh, even though he's on the committee, one of the 13 members on the committee, because his son Shane is a coach at Oklahoma. Oh. Okay. So, obviously, Frank's opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> but you know it would be morally top-notch. You All sure right. miss Frank, don't you? I do miss Frank. 
Fuente pulled it together in the end this year, kind of. Somewhere. Lost to UVA. That's not good. But, yeah. I mean, it was looking pretty bad there for a minute. All right. Not that anybody cares about that. Let's talk about what's something uh, that people do care about, Gordon. That's their love lives. And our good friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic is here. First of all, what's up, Andrew? How, How are you? How are you doing, guys? Andrew, I wish the solution to the college football playoff mess was as simple as the solution that with the problem you that go. you deal with. Uh, I'm, oh, I'm, I don't mean you personally, but I mean, <laughs> I mean you in your business, right. what you do. Right. Right. Let, let's talk about that because uh, this is uh, this is a new way to treat an old problem. This is that's exactly right. This is called acoustic wave therapy, um, and and guys are hearing about this and learning about it for the first time. Opens up the blood vessels. If you've got ED, guys, you have a blood flow issue. That that's the real root cause of the problem. You can take a pill and you know increase the blood flow in your whole body temporarily. But this is, you know, taking care of the root cause. It'll open up the blood vessels enough that you can get normal function in the bedroom. No pills. That means no more side effects. The spontaneity comes back. And you talk about this uh, a lot, or we do, when we when we have you on the air, about who would be a good candidate. And the truth is that there are a lot of men out there from you have partial loss to, yeah. you know, maybe you're getting a little on dealing with diabetes. I mean, this, yes. this can work for a lot of folks out there. Yes, we're seeing more and more guys, I think because of our message, come in that are noticing things slipping in the wrong direction. Right. So they're catching it early. It's so much easier. So if you're listening and it's not going great in the bedroom, it's not zero, but it's not going great, um, now's the time. Get it fixed. We can treat it so easily. And uh, you're uh, excuse me, bringing in a great deal for our listeners, as usual. We are, yes. Um, if you're listening now, um, call us right now. We'll do an initial assessment, an exam. We'll do a blood flow ultrasound with our medical doctor. This is an analysis of you. If you want to take our treatments, we're also throwing in a special gift. So uh, mention the zone when you call in. Uh, and, you know, see where you're at. It's totally free. Normally there's a charge for that. Call us now and come in and see if you're a good candidate. Special gift. Special gift Special in the Special gift. Instant results. In <laughs> How the about that? Yes. All right, 801-901-8000. Take advantage of it. Mention you heard it on The Zone, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right, more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks. So you got Paul Feinbaum sitting on ESPN saying, let's be honest, the country does not want to see Utah in the college football playoff. Is that just a bunch of noise out there in the media that doesn't matter? Or people think that, and he's just the only one willing to say it out loud? People like Paul Feinbaum, who's nothing more to me than an Alabama apologist. He probably has the opinion of a lot of people out there who just don't know Pac-12 football. Well, you're a big dude, Lincoln, obviously. Why don't you get real close to Feinbaum, just kind of stand? Oh, trust me, I, I've been trying for a while. <laughs> I mean, I, I really wanted to slap that little bald ass head for a while, folks. <laughs> Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Ooh. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, Band of the Day today. Metallica, selected by our friend Andrew Reinhardt of Wasatch Medical Clinic, and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. We're going to talk to David Locke coming up here momentarily. Hopefully a, a rested and rejuvenated David. Talking to he and Ron at the end of that road trip, they sounded a little exhausted. 
Well, they're not out on the court running up and down, but they are on the move. That travel stuff is real, yeah. man. It's, Indeed. It's tough. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's our friend David Locke. Hi, David. How are you? We're good, man. We were just talking about uh, how grueling travel in the NBA could be. You feeling better? You get a little R&R? I'm good. Uh, I don't... Mm. Um, I told you Toronto was coming, right? Yeah. Like Toronto was Toronto was the travel game of that trip. Philadelphia, we just got beat. I mean, it was uh, home teams. Hopefully, we'll take advantage of this tonight. Home teams that have a rest advantage in the NBA win sixty nine percent of the time. So we probably weren't winning in Philadelphia. Um, and then I don't know what the record is for home teams with a rest advantage that are undefeated at home. That that seems like a pretty good one, too. But that was what Philadelphia was. So, David, aside from the opposition the Jazz are facing, what is? let me ask you just a comprehensive question. What is going on with the Jazz right now that's the negative? And if there's any positive alongside, what would that be? So, I mean, I think the negative is actually a lot simpler than we're all making it, um, including myself. Like, it was interesting. I did my podcast today, and I was t- in the last few days, and I've done all this pontificating on ball movement and togetherness and all this stuff. And, okay, like, we're going on five-minute droughts in every second quarter where we score four points. And we're being outscored like 17 to four. You lose when you do that. Like it's not, this is not particularly complicated actually. Like for all the other talk of all the things I'm talking about, we all could be a lot better. We could stop shooting floaters and we could pass the ball more and our assist rate should be a lot higher. And there's all, okay, we've got to stop having these like offensive, we're 30th in the league in offensive rating in the second quarters, 30th. Like, okay, let's solve that. Like, I don't know how. I don't have an answer to it. But, like, if we solved that, everything else would look a million times better. David, I want to ask you about the floaters. Um, And Mike Conley, of course, has hit those at a pretty consistent rate throughout his career. Uh, That hasn't necessarily been the case yet this year. But we're seeing Donovan shoot a lot more. So is this just something they've worked in? Or let's talk about this for a sec. All right. So let's address the first thing. You can't not shoot them. Like, you're not going to just shoot zero of them. I mean, I guess Houston doesn't shoot any of them. But, like, you're not just shooting zero. That's that's probably not happening. Um, right? I mean, like, if your best case scenario, you're still taking 20% of your shots as mid-range shots in the NBA, even if everything else goes right. So, there's you're going to have to shoot some. But Mike Conley, like, we all talk about how well he shot them in his career. He shot them, I think, like, his best is, like, at 44%. That's still only .88 points per possession. That's not that good. Right? The league averages 1.1 points per possession. You get in the half court, the league averages, like, .94 points per possession. This is .88. The league average on a shot in the paint, non-restricted area is 39%. So Mike's really good because he's 5 percentage points better than the league average, but the league average is so bad, it's just a bad shot. Like, it's a really bad shot. Just 
mathematically and even just in reality, it's a bad shot. I get it. It's because there, I understand why it's being taken. The bigs in the NBA have generally moved from kind of where they are to five feet back. And so now they're really sitting on top of the rim. It's largely because of Rudy Gobert and what Milwaukee did last year with Brooke Lopez. And so it's really, really hard for a ball handler. Like if the bigs up five feet, Donovan goes around him and does that beautiful corkscrew wrap layup and scores it. But right now the bigs all the way back and you can't, you can't get to the rim. And so that's your, that's where that happens. So you're going to, he's going to have to adapt and figure out, is that drip a Nash dribble around the baseline? Is that, what is that? I don't, I don't entirely know. I understand exactly why it's happening, but I also understand exactly how bad it is, and so it's got to go away. We cannot lead the league in that shot and be a, be a good offensive team. So those two things, you cannot overcome that. And so is the reason that the Jazz ranked 27th in assists related to what you just talked about? Is it the fact that they're missing shots and it's hard to get assists when guys miss shots, or is it whatever is leading up to the kinds of shots they're getting, or is it not that? I think it's because they're taking the floater. That's like an unassisted shot, right? Like, you're not getting an assist on that. No one's getting an assist on that. But you understand, like, all of our guys are coming around the curl or coming off the pick and roll and coming into the lane to take that shot. And they and and all these guys are so good, such good players that they're coming around those curls thinking, I'm going to, like, I got, I got to get my shot. I'm getting my shot. They're not thinking, am I, and it's too fast to think, to think, like, should I shoot? Should I do this? Should I like, you can't like that doesn't work. You got to come with an intention. And then I guess if the, if it's not there, you're going to have to react really quickly. But the other thing that's happening is that that we're finding out is that when you have really good shooters, you know what teams do? They guard them, <laughs> which is really inconvenient. Like it'd be really, really cool if teams wanted to treat Boyan Bogdanovich the way they treated, treated Jay Crowder. And if they wanted to treat Mike Conley the way they did Ricky Rubio, cause we'd be awesome. But that doesn't work that way, right? Like, they're not letting Mike Conley open. They're not letting Boyan Bogdanovich. So Donovan's coming around on that pick and roll and this curl, and, and they're holding to the outside shooters. And so there aren't a lot of really wide open passes or passing lanes there. And so the answer is probably a dribble underneath and around the other side if you can. David, Gordon and I were talking about the bench yesterday, and you and I talked about the bench during crosstalk uh, in Philly about you were you mentioned those scoring droughts earlier in, in the interview, and you, I asked you if there was any connective tissue with those scoring droughts, and we all of a sudden were talking about the bench, of course. Uh, that is That has been difficult this year, and, and Gordon kind of asked me the major differences between this year's bench and last year's bench, and I gave him my best answer, but what would your answer to that be? Who's the... What are they missing that they had last year? Well, I mean, I think, you know, Derek Favors going up against a backup center was a pretty big advantage that you had in, in, on the lineup. And then Favors and Ingles played the pick and roll. It wasn't as good as we remember it, but it wasn't this, right? I think there's a little bit of a, um, you know, uh, revisionist history on, on what we really think was going on with that compared to what it was. But that was nice. I mean, there were days in which it dominated. Um, and there were, you know, there were days in which it was really very good and you at least had an identity of what you were trying to do at that point. Um, you know, you were running Joe Ingles, Derek Favors, pick and rolls for a large part of that. We, 
you know, maybe Joe is going to end up playing a little bit more point guard coming up after his performance in the second half of the Philadelphia game and putting the ball back in his hands. The problem with putting the ball in Joe's hands is then Joe, the shooter, is not available. Um, and so that's difficult. And particularly if you're playing, trying to play Exum and Moutier, neither of which are shooters. Now, you'd like to have your non-shooter have the ball in his hands because then they have gravity. Um, so this is all very, very complicated on, on whether what the right answer on all of it is. Um, but the second unit does not have an identity and, and needs one to some extent. David, is there frustration swelling up uh, inside this team? Or I imagine guys are, are a little bit uh, upset with what the way this is going. Uh, how, how is the team hanging together? Well, I don't think... NBA players like being down 40 in the first half and 20 in the second in the, you know, you know, they've been down by a lot. So, you know, if they wasn't frustration swelling, I'd be way more concerned. Now I don't want, I want to be careful because I don't know what everybody hears. And I'm not being critical, Gordon, but I think you understand this as well as I do in the amount of years you've been in this business. Like the way you phrase that's pretty open-ended, right? Locke says there's frustration brewing. That could mean, well, guys are pissed that they lost, or that could mean like chairs are being thrown. I, I don't know. Right? I'm not trying to say chairs are being thrown. But certainly, you know, no one's particularly happy when they've lost four out of five games, um, despite the fact that, frankly, we were underdogs in four out of five games. So um, I'm not, um, you know, I, but I don't think anyone's particularly pleased with, with how things are going right now. If I were to phrase that a little differently, as far as the mental side goes, is something broken? Uh, not physically, but mentally. Uh, I don't think so. Um, but I mean, they were down 40 the other night, so they were fatigued, fatiguingly broken. Um, like, I don't think it's like when the bobblehead doll pops off the spring and you can't get the bobblehead back on the spring no matter what you do. Like, there's just no chance, right? Your kid's bobblehead doll falls, and, like, it's just not going to bobble anymore. There's no way. You're never putting that back together. Um, but, you know, certainly there were some things that were dented during that trip. Hey, David, uh, real quick before we let you go, I know you're an NBA guy and, and pay little attention to college football, but I know you do keep an eye on things. I was curious, did you hear uh, Paul Feinbaum's comments today about Utah compared to Oklahoma? Um, no. Austin? But, I mean, that's just an, S- that's an SEC honk. It's probably getting money under the table from SEC recruits <laughs> from school. So, I, I couldn't agree I more. Don't know, I don't know that to be true. I don't know that to be true, can, but I mean... Can we play it I for just, you, though? I want to get your reaction. Not, can, we, can we play it for you? Come on. Why, why, are we, why, are we giving, why are we giving an SEC honk more airtime to foster our concerns on life? I actually think the opposite's going on, frankly, from most of the news I've heard. I said this to Hansi that I think the best thing that ever happened to Utah was Oregon losing or else Utah would not be in any of this conversation at all. And so now people are actually looking and addressing who Utah might be. And if they play well enough on Saturday, I think they got a real chance. All right. Fair enough. Uh, thank you, David. No, you can play. You can play it if you want to. I mean, I mean, you know, if we want to, like, promote the SEC so that their four good teams can go lose to each other and then beat a bunch of really bad teams that would be terrible in every conference and then talk about how great those four teams are. We can do that. That's what they do all the time. No, no, no. We we played it earlier in the show. We'll probably end up playing again. And you gave us your reaction. He just he didn't make any argument. He just dismissed Utah because it's he Utah. Said, he said the country doesn't want to see the Utes play. Right. And it's just such a just such a ridiculous argument. It 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 um, encourages outrage, which is why why we play it. Um, 
the irony of small town southern cities making fun of Utah's unique. Right. I hadn't thought about it from that angle. Also true. <laughs> All right, David. Well, we'll see you over here at the arena, man. It will be okay. good to, to actually see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. I'll introduce myself. All right, buddy. We'll see you over see here. That's David Locke, radio voice of the jazz. I if, if Paul were just giving his opinion and saying, like, uh, I believe that Oklahoma should be in over Utah, I don't think it would be getting the run that it's getting. It's uh, it's just dismissing Utah, yeah. especially. It just it, it's another he, he hasn't watched them. You can't you can't dismiss Utah if you've watched them. This year. You it, just it, can't. Yeah, but it's uh, the, the reason that I think it has anything really worthy of discussion is is this the attitude some people on the committee have? Right. That's that is I mean Paul Feinbaum that doesn't really matter what he thinks it's one person it's whatever but is this an attitude that maybe some on that committee have hmm. and I know some people are saying well if there was an attitude on the committee then why would they have ranked Utah ahead of Oklahoma oh man don't be naive like that hmm. don't be naive like that cuz Oklahoma is 6 Baylor is 7 that is prime material for that committee to say, if the Sooners beat the Bears, then watch them jump. want to remind you, call Action Plumbing. Get your preseason furnace tune-up and safety check for 33 bucks. Call 801-833-3333, Action Plumbing. You can also go to actionplumbing.net. More straight ahead, Frank Dolce, top of the 4 o'clock hour, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Coach Jay Hill, I know you have your focus dialed in on your team. Right now, Utah gets set to face Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. With what that team's accomplished and what's happened there with Utah football, were there times when you were there, could you sense that something like this would be possible? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I remember Coach Witt saying at one time, we can, we can win a national championship here now. We're in the Pac-12. We can recruit the way we want. We can win a national championship here. And, you know, obviously, with the coaching that they have, they have an opportunity to do that, you knew they were only going to get better with the recruiting that they can do there and the caliber coaching that they have. They were only going to get better and better. So it's exciting to watch it come to a head, and I can't wait to watch them in this deal. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you, suit up in style with Mr. Mack and Alema Harrington. Enter now at 1280thezone.com to win a pair of Cole Haan shoes, plus an outfitting shopping experience with Alema during the remote on December 11th. Alema will personally pick you out an out- outfit. Compliments of Mr. Mack. Real quick, we're going to talk to Frank Dolce right around the corner, Gordon. But uh, what do you make of this James Harden controversy where uh, the the Rockets want to replay the last seven minutes and 50 seconds of their game last night against the Spurs because the refs uh, didn't count a basket on a James Harden dunk. 
that they absolutely should have counted. Did not get counted. They would not let uh, D'Antoni review or, uh, excuse me, challenge the play. And it went on and they lost in double overtime. I, I guess it's like the it's the boy who cried wolf. You know, Houston complains more than just about any team I've ever seen. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. They cry babies for sure. And so when you have a legitimate problem and something worth screaming about, because people hear you complain so much, they're less likely to, to listen to what uh, what you have to say. I think you're right on the money. And let me let me give you an example, okay? Do you do you know, I don't know if you have the box score in front of you, but do you know how many times James Harden went to the line last night? I have no idea, but I would guess 25. How would you guess that? It was an NBA record. It's 25. You would just guess 25. I swear to you, I did not know. Why does Gordon have to ruin all the fun of these sort of things? Austin, even that was, oh, I'm smarter than you. No, No, uh, I swear to you, I did not know. I don't believe you. $500,000 bet right now. now. What, what is with you and half a million dollars? I'm just trying you to You know normal you. people say, like, I'll bet you 20 bucks, right? <laughs> did, did the stocks plummet today or something? Yeah, what is know. going on? I had no clue. Uh, let's, just, let, is your bookie in town? You know, let's it, put it is, lunch on it. You it, know? It, is, it is kind of a gift, though, that I have. I, I, I have, you know, one time I was uh, talking to a, uh, this girl when I was in college and I was somewhat enamored with, and she said, uh, my birthday, I, and she mentioned her birthday, and I said, I can tell you when your birthday is. Yeah, we've heard this story. Well, I'm just telling you. I mean, does that just, you know, it, sometimes it just comes to you, you know? You guessed yeah. her birthday. Right? I guessed yeah. her birthday, day, 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 month, year, everything. Well, if you go to the line 25 <laughs> times, I'm not going to feel bad for you. End of story. That's it. Although if he's Do you really, have a speed bag as a kid, or? if he's if he's really getting fouled that many times, and you know, have you watched James Harden play? Yes, Let's, he does flail around. I get it, but the the way they react is so uh, poor. Us, something is always someone's always out to get us. I just hate that you got screwed over. You know what? It's happened to. Every professional franchise at some point. It happens probably in one way or another in almost every game. And that's a particularly egregious one, but hey, get in line. What, you're going to replay the last seven minutes of the game? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, give me a break. Just, just, you know what, shut up and deal with it. Hey, hey, how about this? You make more baskets in the fourth quarter. That probably is a good place to start. Yeah, but you don't want to see baskets taken away. When it's for the Rockets, I do. <laughs> but I will say, you know, I mean, James Harden has a reputation, and the Rockets have the same, a reputation, and people around the league don't like it. So let me get this straight. You think that they should go back and play the last seven no, minutes and no, 50 seconds? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the Rockets have uh, ruined it for themselves because they have carried on with this sort of thing. Quite frequently, are you? I mean, including every night on the floor. I mean, every night James Harden is absolutely torn apart. When when Bavetta not justifiably when Bavetta blew it in the finals, did the Jazz say no? We need to replay the end of that game. (laughs) Well, Frank Layden did have some choice words for uh, Dick Bavetta. Fair enough. Did he petition the league to replay the end of the game? <laughs> I wish I could repeat exactly what Frank told Dick, but I suppose I better not. Probably some good thinking. He made it clear. 
Frank Dolce joins us coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned for that. Joining us now in studio, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And uh, Andrew, the great uh, part about this treatment is, well, I guess I wasn't aware until we started talking to you, the, the side effects for these other treatments yeah. are just yeah. just dreadful. And then they, they stop working. And yeah. uh, I mean, it's pretty amazing that this treatment has come along. It just sounds like it's, it's so ideal compared to the others. Yeah, it's the first thing that treats the root cause problem of ED. Um, I think guys, <clears throat> excuse me, that are taking the pill for ED probably will, you know, have to take more and more of it as time right. goes on, and you know, uh, it'll probably stop working at some point. They have the side effects. Um, this is the first thing that treats the root cause problem: blood flow, blood flow. I would guess that guys are pretty excited to get spontaneity back yeah. into oh, their yeah. love life because I mean, you know, the the planning that goes into these other treatments, it just seems like. Takes kind of some of the spark out of it. Yeah, spontaneity back in the life. You know, guys say, I want it to work like it used to. In my younger years, you know, when I didn't have to pre-plan things, um, think about regrowing blood vessels in this part of the body, increasing blood flow. That's what ED is. It's a lack of blood flow. How do your patients react after they undergo the treatment and are back to the way they want to be? They must be... Almost euphoric. Yeah, they're they're always a little embarrassed and hesitant to come in. And then after the treatments, you know, the general feeling is, I wish I would have done this sooner. Um, Two to three weeks of treatments and you can be back to normal and done with it. That's pretty phenomenal. All right. And you're taking all the risk out of it for our listeners, which is great. And and there's a special gift. There is a special gift. Yes. Call us right now, guys. We'll do the initial assessment, exam, blood flow ultrasound. This is an assessment of you. Um, Normally, there's a charge. We're doing it totally free. Mention the zone. And if you take the treatments, we've got a special gift. It produces instant results in the bedroom, believe it or not. Um, so call us now. We'll do it totally free. 801-901-8000. Mention you heard it on the zone. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll have more next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Dan Walken from uh, USA Today. I love Utah. I love what they've done. I think they passed the eye test for me. I uh, love how physical they are. That defensive line is awesome. Huntley, I don't know where you rank him among the quarterbacks Utah's had over the years, but he's just really developed into a big-time playmaker. And if they get into the playoff, they won't, they won't totally deserve it, in my opinion. You know, and I, I think despite the schedule, I wish they had maybe gone out of conference and, and gotten a big game they could maybe have in the bank right now. But, you know, if they get in the playoff, like, I, I think they, it would be an interesting matchup with them against either LSU or uh, Ohio State. I'd, I'd love to see it. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.